Hey friends, we hope this message from C3 Fort Worth helps you see Jesus like never before. And if you're in or around Fort Worth, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday or at one of our weekly dinner parties. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm glad you guys are here. I know it's, it's a little bit uh, cold outside. Um, I, uh, someone, someone told me this morning that it was, it was like 20 degrees, but it was like wind chill of like two. 17 and one, something like that. Uh, that, that, was, that was pretty gnarly. I did a, lit a fire last night at our house, and um, and then I stayed up late making sure it went out. I was just kind of weird about it. I didn't feel confident that it was that it was going out as quickly as I would have hoped, and uh, so I stayed up late um, watching the fire. Uh, you know, it was gusty. I just wanted to make sure it was all good. Um, hopefully, you had a uh, good Christmas break. Um, I know everybody has a little bit of a different way they approach it. Uh, mine is, is similar to what I think I posted on social media that um, that, that, that two-week window between like where Christmas to New Year are involved, it's all just a little bit blurry. Like I'm not really sure. And then I had a little bit, we had a, we had a COVID Christmas in our house. And uh, luckily it was very, very mild, which is was great. Um, but then it just made everything even more blurry. I didn't get to see my family. Um, and so that was, that, was, that was great, except for my boys. And they were just so excited to be with dad all the time. Um, and so uh, I'm glad to be back. It's good to be in church. And uh, I'm kind of digging, honestly. I mean, we're going to have to practice sitting a little more around. I know we've got people who are probably watching online today because it's cold. Um, but uh, if we do the, the, the church in the round, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hating it. I kind of I dig it. I don't know. You know, I kind of want to be turning. I'm going to act like there's people sitting in these sections because I wanted the full effect <laughs> of how everything. Yeah, just preach to the choir. Um, you can turn to Matthew chapter six. I'm going to preach briefly. I'm not going to preach long. Today was really not a preaching Sunday, not a um, uh, it was not a regular service. We'll be out of here very briefly. Uh, we really wanted to take today, knowing that it would be January 2nd, um, knowing that, of course, after Christmas, the cold would show up. Uh, to take today to make it a bit of a brief service and, 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 and more focused on one primary thing, and that is, is prayer and worship. And so um, I just want to share briefly uh, out of the Lord's Prayer, and then, uh, and then we'll, we'll pray together, and then we will uh, dismiss, and you guys can go back out into, into the cold. Um, we are calling today Kingdom Come Sunday. And we wrestled with it. What should we call it? What are the, all the cool things we could come up with? What are the cool phrases? Um, what makes it sound not too churchy? What makes it sound, you know, whatever. And then finally we're like, it says kingdom come in the Bible. Let's just do that. And, and really the goal here is that we pray God's kingdom come. Um, a lot of times what we tend to do is we pray daily bread before we ever pray kingdom come. And, and, and the reason we can get frustrated sometimes in the kingdom is because we're praying for our bread uh, before His will. And that isn't to say that those things are opposed. Those, that is not to say that those two things cannot sync up and be together. In fact, I think ultimately alignment is what the kingdom is about. Uh, Mayor was talking about alignment over the break with us, just talking about making sure that we're in alignment with the king. And, and what the Lord's prayer does for us, I remember having lunch with Jonathan just before Christmas break, and we were talking about praying the Lord's prayer. You've been doing that? Been good? Okay, cool. Um, and good, I'm checking in on you, cold star. Uh, but, but praying the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is something I pray on a very regular basis. 
Um, I don't know about you. I mean, I've been doing this prayer thing for a minute, and there are still days where I go, I don't know what to pray. Whether it's because it was a bad day or whether it's just one of those days where you're not really sure what should I be approaching the throne room with. Uh, the pressure, you know. Um, if you're new to the faith, that there's definitely this pressure of like, okay, you got to say thus and thou and and thus saith the Lord, and you got all these words you're supposed to use, and and I hear them from stage say words like breakthrough and, you know, all these other words that you don't use at any other time in your life except when you go to pray. And of course, I think that's fine. I have no problem with that, but but there's this pressure. One of my favorite quotes I've heard recently, um, and it's, it's from a, a church that's a bit more liturgical, but this guy has a prayer um, school, and he, he says this, and, he, and I, I think it's brilliant. He says, when you don't know what to pray, say your prayers. When you don't know what to pray, say your prayers. When you don't have a clue what to do, do what's been given to you. And, and that's what the Lord's Prayer is. So I wanted to read, and I want to give it context, so I'm not just reading the Lord's Prayer. I want to read a few verses prior and a few verses after out of Matthew chapter 6, which you've obviously already read a bit of uh, this morning. And then I'm going to give you some time today with some good keys playing to, um, to think through and to contemplate uh, what it would look like for the kingdom to come in your life. What would it look like? What would it look like for God's will to be done in your life? And of course, I know that that's not all up to you. Like, it, I know that you don't get to decide that all the time. And I understand that you're praying that in hopes that God would do it. So you, maybe it isn't up to you, but, but I bet that there's some hints. I bet there's some idea in your spirit, in your heart, about what it would look like for the kingdom to come in your life. One of my favorite scriptures that we studied last year as a church was, was Jesus' interaction with the disciples. Who do you say that I am? Who do people say that I am? And then he says to Peter, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And, and in our study of that, we realized that one of the ways to read that, one of the best, maybe healthiest ways to read that is, is that you're, you loose on earth what is already loosed in heaven. That where heaven, where joy is, and healing, and life, and abundance, and eternity, where those things exist already, you pray prayers that loose those things already into the earth. And so I want to read this out of Matthew chapter 6, and, and we're going to pray kingdom come today, and then we're going to have a few people pray over us, and, uh, and then we're going to take communion together, um, and, then, uh, and then we will be done today. Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to start in verse 5. We're going to read a lot of Bible today, which I've, I've heard is a good thing to do in church. So we're going to do that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 says, whenever you pray, I love the assumption that you will. Whenever you pray, this is Jesus speaking, you must not be like the hypocrites. Okay? I don't want to do that. I don't want to be a hypocrite. So what does that mean? Because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. The whole goal of their prayer life is to continue to dominate the horizon in this religious landscape of this day, to look religious, to look pious, to look like they have it all together. And this is what he says. I love this. I assure you, they've got their reward. In other words, to pray like everybody should look at you, to pray as though you have it all together, that is your reward. To look like you have it all together. To look like you know and you understand and you get it. That's their reward. That is the extent of all they will receive is, the, is, is people pleasing. That's all they get. 
But when you pray, my disciples, the people who are coming to me, who are stepping out of this old way of doing things into this new kingdom, into this fulfillment of what it is to walk in Christ. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now remember, this is not just something Jesus is saying to them. This is something Jesus practiced. Jesus did this often. In fact, Jesus would say to his disciples, I only do what I see the Father doing. And how would he do that? Well, he would withdraw and return. He would withdraw often to pray, to be with the Lord. He remember, remember that one time where he ends up walking on water, but he had sent the disciples off. And in the middle of the night, 3 a.m. in the morning, he's standing on a cliff praying. And that's why he sees the disciples, because he's still awake. And he goes, oh, there's a storm. I should go do something. And the Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the idolaters since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them because your Father knows you. He knows the things you need before you even ask Him. Don't, don't pray for an hour just because you think you need something and an hour qualifies your prayer life. Pray for an hour because you love being with the Father. Pray for an hour because you closed the door and you sat solitude and waited on God. Pray for an hour because, man, you don't want to leave. Don't pray for an hour because you think praying for an hour somehow makes God more inclined to love you, to provide. He knows what you need before you even walk in the room. He already gets it. He already knows. And then he says this, therefore you should pray like this. And I wonder, let's just do this. I'm all about the tactile. I'm all about making sure you feel it and you, you experience it, not just hear it. I would love for you to just, I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to just imagine this when Jesus is saying this to his disciples. And I want you to hear this prayer. And I want you to hear it as a prayer that Jesus has given to the church. To say, hey, here's a guide. Here's a framework. Here's a, a way in which you can pray. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And God, forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I wonder if you and I were to take that prayer every day and to just let it be a guide for us. God, you are my Father. Set apart. Even when I don't feel it, even when I don't know it, even when I haven't fully understood it, you are my Father. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's where we're at today. That's kind of where we want to hang out is your kingdom come, your will be done. But out of this context of him, our Father, and his kingdom come the rest of that, right? The rest of it comes out of that place of, okay, so you are the king and father, daily bread. You're the king and father, bring forgiveness and wholeness. You're the king and father, let deliver us from evil. Keep us from temptation. You are a father who is close and a king who is able 
Let your kingdom come. I wonder what that would look like in your life. I wonder if every day you woke up and this was your prayer. Lord, you're close like a father. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come in my life. As I step out the door and go to work, as I do my best to love my family, love my friends, love my neighbors. Let your kingdom come on this street that I'm driving down right now. Let your kingdom come as I hang out tonight with my friends. Let your kingdom come in the places where worry and anxiety and frustration and confusion seem to live. Let your kingdom come. And then he says this, and I'm gonna, I want to mention this because we are encouraging you to, over the next seven days to fast and pray. Verse 14 is kind of the tail end of this. It says, for if you forgive people with their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. There's a lot in that verse, and we're not going to get into it today, but at bare minimum, the idea is be a forgiving person. Understand the forgiveness you've been given. I want to read a couple more verses. Verse 16, whenever you fast, so he says the same thing. Whenever you pray, pray this way, and whenever you fast. There's an assumption with both, and they both seem to be important, and they both were a necessary and regular part of the life of the disciples. Whenever you fast, don't be uh, sad-faced like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unattractive. It's like your kids eat something they don't like, even if they didn't really try it. So their fasting is obvious to everyone. I assure you, that is their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face. You don't show your fasting to people, but to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. I encourage you over the next seven days to find a way and a place and a spot to fast. I'd encourage you finding a a place to pray and a time to pray. Uh, our, Our bodies do well with rhythms and patterns. Jesus set patterns in place for us in a lot of different ways. I would encourage you, whether it be social media, whether it be food, uh, whether it be a meal a day, uh, whatever it is, I, I would highly encourage you this week, take seven days and seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. And, and, and maybe what it looks like for us today, and, and I'm going to give you a few moments here, and I'm going to ask you if there's a, a card on your, on your chair, or at least on the chair next to you, that has the the kingdom come graphic on it on the back it has the lord's prayer from the message translation and then there are, if you don't have a pen there's pins on the table and the uh, ushers may have some they can hand to you on the back there's room to write um here's what this this kingdom come thing beckons back to jesus shows up in the earth he gets baptized he's he walks out of his baptism and begins his ministry. And the, and the writers of the Gospels kind of sum up what he begins to preach by saying one phrase. It's one, one sentence. It says, uh, repent, for the kingdom has come. The kingdom has come near. It's come close. There's something really important about what Jesus was trying to do in the earth in, in bringing the kingdom into the earth. And it actually beckons back to Genesis. Because when Jesus, or sorry, when God creates Adam and and says, I'm going to create him in our image. And then he says, and you are to rule and reign. And many of us kind of, we do that based on the way we've seen kingdoms rule and reign uh, over history. Uh, But the way God had always intended that was to watch 
and to work, to serve and to lead, to, to not to dominate a thing, but to cultivate a thing. And God, even in his imagery wording, when, when we read that image word, what we're reading is something that was incredibly countercultural at the time. Because at the time, and really for a long part of history, any king uh, would consider themselves as close to God as you could be. And they would, uh, they would consider themselves the image bearer of God in the earth. And everybody else wasn't. In other words, this is something that was limited to the king of that time. And then all of a sudden, Genesis shows up. All of a sudden, we start reading this. The people of Israel, this small people of Israel, start beginning to talk about this image bearing, this idea that we carry the image of God. Not, Not just the king, not just one person who's got all the stuff, but... But all of us carry with us this image, this, this kingship, this, this, this something that's different about us, that we are like him and he like us, that we are in this together. And Jesus is praying the same prayer, that this kingdom would come. What does that mean? That we would rule and reign, that he would rule and reign in our life, that, that in us and through us, the kingdom of God would show up in the earth because we are his representatives. We are like him created in his image with purpose we are meant to water the ground and to work it and to watch over it and to lead people to love people to serve people to bring heaven into the earth so when we pray this prayer kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven that is what we are praying we are praying that we would see the kingdom of god in the earth as it is in heaven and on the um, on the card it says this one phrase and it's the one that that has kind of struck a chord with us, and that is, as above, so below. As it is above, let it be below. So here's what I want to do. I want to take just a couple minutes, and yeah, I know it's not normal during a church service to not have someone talking or someone singing, and I get it, uh, but but I actually, I actually think we should change that. <laughs> Maybe sometimes when we gather as people, this is a one place, we should have a moment <laughs> to just let the Holy Spirit speak. So I want you to take that card, and here's what I want you to ask this question. And maybe you need to pray that prayer, but let your kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven, as above, so below. And I want you to ask this question. What would it look like for the kingdom to come in the earth as it is in heaven? What would it look like in your house? What would it look like in your workplace? What would it look like in your calling and purpose? What would it look like? What does it look like for the kingdom to come in your life? on your street, in your neighborhood, in your relationships. I want you to just take a moment and, and write. And maybe some of you are going to move the phone, and that's fine. But I'd love for you to take just a moment and consider what it looks like for the kingdom to come in your life this year and take time to write some of those things down. If you need a pen, we got pen on either side of these tables here if you need one. Um, so just take a few minutes. I'm just going to give you a few minutes, and then we're going to sing together. We've got a few people that are going to pray over us, and then we'll take communion together to close out.
Let me take 30 more seconds and just, I want you to really think about kingdom come in my life, my family, workplace, calling. Maybe take some time over the next few days to continue to write and think through what that looks like. I'm going to have Mary come up. I'm going to have Steve come up. We're going to pray over over a few different things and uh, and then we're going to sing together and we'll close out we're going to pray kingdom come over a couple different areas of life and so this is really a prayer over you um, you can obviously participate um, really it's a prayer over your life and then we're going to pray over our church together and then we're going to pray over our city to close out so um so why don't you receive this prayer as we pray? I'm scared to be up here praying now after that scripture you read, but um, God, we just um, we know that change begins with us. So um, we look at ourselves, and um, We look at how you want to change us and to grow us and to heal us in this year. Father, I pray over everyone in this community, whether they be new or have been here for a long time or somewhere in the middle, that you would just help us to look inward that you would uh, begin to heal our hearts, that you would begin to grow hope and joy and peace, that we would begin to see with your eyes the people around us. We would hear with your ears the cries of, of pain and hurt, and that we would see those who need um, just a, a kind word or even just just a prayer of hope. God, we pray, um, I pray over everyone that that they would begin to experience your healing. That no heart would go untouched. That you would invade our lives in the way that only you can. That we would see as you see success is not measured by what the world sees or or even what we as a society has agreed to but success in your eyes is completely different that is a whole healed heart and a whole healed mind to love as you love to be in joy as you were in joy to feel sorrow and grief but not be succumbed by pray for strength, for hope, for healing, for joy, for strength, for vision, for courage, for discipline, everything that it takes in our our day-to-day lives to just keep going and do the next right thing. God, I just pray that over this community, whether they be in this room or or not, that our community would... um, 
make steps every single day to um, to follow after you and not judge it by what the world judges um, that success to be, but the way that you do, to look inward and, and to be healed. Thank you so much for just the hope that you give, the community that you give. God, that we would just continue to strengthen that. It's in your name. I just wanted to say something to give you some context for how I want to pray. About 25 or 30 years ago, I was in a living room with some people, some people and a senior pastor, and he said, so what is the kingdom of God? And I remembered my Bible verse in Romans 14, 17, and I said, well, it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And he goes, yeah, and what else? And different people were talking, but the main thing it came down to is the kingdom of God is the place where the king reigns. The kingdom of God is the place where Jesus is king and Lord, and his rules and his laws and his attributes apply. And sometimes you say righteousness, peace, and joy, and that's all great. But when it comes down to rubber meets the road, what does some of that look like? Micah 6.8 says, well, he showed you what to do. Do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And so, God, today, we thank you that your kingdom is here. And, God, I thank you that in this kingdom, we're not just subjects of your kingdom, but, Jesus, because of what you did coming to earth, dying for us after living a perfect life, and then rising again so that you have power over death and the devil. We just thank you, God, that you've made us your children, not just subjects in the kingdom. And we thank you that we can embrace you, we can crawl in your lap, we can call you dad, and we can say thank you for your great love for us. God, I just pray that every day you just remind us of your great love for us, that we would know that even though we mess up, we can come back to you because of your great love for us. And we just thank you that as we sense your love, as we know it, that God will be motivated to want to please you so that we can walk in ways that are pleasing to you so that God, in the things that we do and the things that we say, people will know that there's something different. They'll know that we're living in a different kingdom than the ones that they see around them every day. And they might not know the reason for it, but God, I just pray that on every tongue here, should they ask, that we'll have a ready answer so that we can point them to the one who is the king over all. And God, just as we as a community come together and together as individuals and then as a community just want to continue to please you and have an impact on the people around us, God, as we want to see you in every heart and on every street, I just pray, God, that you just give us vision. And the things is that we see you leading us to put our hands on, that you would cause it to be fruitful and we would further your kingdom and we would strengthen the things that are going on and we would have an impact on the world around us. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place. I thank you, God, for how 
just you, the light is shining brightly and people are being drawn to you. I thank you, Father, that you are calling us to reach into our communities just by being your children, but sometimes with an initiative so that we can have an impact. God, I know that in this church, one of the things that we've been looking for is a, is a more permanent home so that we can have an impact on our communities, whether it's by having church on Sunday mornings are just making it available for people to live their lives and to, and to grow their visions and to see you help them walk into the calling that you've given them so that they can have the impact that you want them to have. So God, we just pray that you help us with that search. You help us with obtaining those things. We pray that you would cause it to be a place where your um, light shines bright in this sheep shed where we can gather every week and just continue to be together with you. You tell us where two or three are gathered, you're right in the middle of us, and we know that where you are, good things happen. So God, we just pray that you would continue to show us where you're leading us as individuals and as a church, and you just help us to get there as you enable us. God, help us not to focus on our weaknesses. Help us not to focus on the things that are too too hard or seem too high. God, I just pray that you, we thank you. You've made us all different. We've got strengths. We're not all ears. We're not all eyes, but together we are the body of Christ. And I just thank you, God, that as you um, lead us together, we're going to see amazing things. I thank you, God, for the, that you have given each of us weaknesses. And you've told us in your word that that gives us an opportunity to see your strength move on our behalf. So let us not fear. Let us not let us not draw back, but let us be bold in you as we're confident we've heard your voice on the things you're leading us into. God, thank you that this is a new year. These are new opportunities. The failures are in the past, and there is nothing but vision and things that will further your kingdom in our hearts before us. In Jesus' name, amen.